Grace to you and peace from God our Heavenly Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In 2 Philippians we read, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord the glory of God the Father. Thus far the text. That's our journey this Lent. To work our way through that humiliation and exaltation that Paul writes about. That primer of what Christ's life was all about. And what it is for us. And how we go through humility and shame to glory and exaltation. And as we work our way through, we start with the first required aspect. Let this mind be in you. Now, truly, the best translation is keep minding. So it's not that we decide to all of a sudden change our mind, but rather that Christ gets into our mind and that that mind is changed by Him for the good. And I have to say, normally I could take the Greek word and I could pluck an English word right out that will help you understand it. There is nothing for our phroneo that works in English. I'm sorry, I cannot, I searched and searched and I couldn't come up with a word that would help you understand it. So I had to turn to the uh, classical Greek philosophy. Aristotle is the one that brings it out and I think it, it reflects what Paul says. He has an aspect called phronesis. It's from the same verb and basically he outlines what makes up a man. And phronesis is one of the three things that make up a man. And they have to do with the virtues. But as opposed to knowledge, which not... All right, wait. How many of you like going to trivia nights and, and playing trivia? Is that knowledge useful for anything? I... I I used to go to them all the time. People loved having me at them because I am a wealth of useless knowledge. As you probably have kind of gathered by the facts I bring out. Knowledge of, in and of itself isn't that useful. So the second stage is phronesis, which is practical knowledge or practical wisdom. We would call it common sense. 
I knew a man once who was a genius. He could figure out long equations and give you the answer before a computer or a calculator could spit them out. But he wore slip-on shoes because he couldn't tie his shoes. He didn't drive a car because there were too many things to think about, and it stopped him thinking about his mathematical equations. He had no common sense, but he had a lot of knowledge. So Paul doesn't think no, doesn't say no Jesus, or think about Jesus. He said find Jesus. Have that practical knowledge of Jesus that affects you in your life. And so we think on what Jesus came for, and that's what this whole section from Philippians 2 is about. Why did Jesus come down to this world? To have people glorify him and, and have people cheer him everywhere he went. To have, have himself seated on a high throne so everyone would look at him. No. So maybe he came to point the finger at us and say, you brood of vipers. How dare you enter my father's house? Nope, didn't come for that either. John 3.16 says he came for one thing, that whoever believes in him might be saved, might not perish. For this, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. John 3, 17. See, we forget that verse. We all love John 3, 16, but we forget the purpose for Jesus coming in. That's the mind that Paul is emphasizing. First of all, to remember that Jesus died for you, that your salvation rests on what God has already done. And if you forget what God has already done, here's what Jesus did for you. And he lines it out in the next verses. But then says, so what? You know, I can know that Jesus died for me. I can know that I have salvation. I can sit on my couch and rejoice at that fact the rest of my life. But so what? Do I have the mind of Jesus, that mind that is to seek and save the lost, the mind that leaves the 99 and goes out in search of the one, the one that turns the house upside down because she lost one coin, the father who sits in the window watching the road for his son to return, even though that son has squandered half of his wealth. That's the mind of Jesus. And no matter what we've done, we are already saved. But then he sends us out to say that same thing. No matter what the world has done to us, Jesus still died for them. And we are still to love them. We carry that precious message in our heart. That 
practical wisdom that says it is not what I do that makes me who I am. It's what God has done for me that makes me who I am. And it's not what you've done that makes you who you are. But it's what God has done that makes you who you are. You see, we stand here today as the redeemed of Christ. Those who already celebrate our relationship with him in heaven. And we have no fear. Because he has already called us his own. But what about out there? What about that person that you're behind in the, the line in grocery store that you can see they're very sad and downtrodden? Well, they must have something bad going on. Just Come on, get through there. Get through there so I can get my groceries up here. That's the, is that what Jesus calls us to be? I say, are you all right? Is there anything I can do to help you? Let me tell you a story about a man who loves you, no matter what. You see, if we, if we don't carry that message in us, are we keeping minding Jesus? Are we keeping that mindset to seek and save the lost? Are we keeping that mindset? Jesus is the most important knowledge you'll ever have. Because he's not just brain knowledge. He's not trivial knowledge. He is the knowledge of life. Life itself. And it is in him that we live and breathe. It is in him and through him that we can do the other attitudes, the Christ-like attitudes that we're going to go through in the next five weeks. And as we look at those attitudes, we need to keep looking back to that mind that he has placed in us and know that we are, we are who we are because he made us that. And to deny that is to deny him. Let me say that again. To deny who we are is to deny what he did. And that is not having his mind in us. The first thought we have the first practical wisdom we have in the morning should be, Jesus died for me, and I live for him. The last thought we have at night should be, Jesus died for me, and now I rest in him. I, I like that prayer that the kids say. I think as adults we lose some of that childlike faith. Now I lay me down to sleep. Y'all know it. Say it with me. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul would keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray my soul would take. Isn't it such a, a, an innocent prayer? How many of us live with that mind in ourselves each and every day? How many of us trust the Lord enough to say, wherever, whenever, however you take me, I am yours. Because Christ has already died for me. Make my heart yours. But Lord, also make my mind 
yours. And help me to be of your mind this season and throughout my life. Will we immediately have our software upgraded and be thinking Jesus? Mm, maybe not. But you see, it's as you start letting that mind of Jesus dwell in you and seeking that like-mindedness with Him, seeking to, to find and to save the lost through Him, to serve those who need us, that is Christ in us. And that is Christ through us to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen. Our offerings are being received.